Welcome to the 23 Minutes in Hell podcast. Author and speaker Bill Weiss and his wife Annette address the many questions we all have about hell and eternity. Bill and Annette believe the subject of hell shouldn't grip us with fear, but instead, it should inspire us to use our time on earth wisely. Thank you for joining my wife and I. Today we are discussing wisdom for the new year. And you know, Bill, at the start of a new year, people endeavor to set goals and make resolutions, and that's all good, but what is most important? And as we all know, as followers of Jesus Christ, we know spending time with God through Bible reading, study, worship, and prayer are, are paramount. That's right. And, you know, have you ever thought how your life would change if you cultivated and operated in more godly wisdom? Proverbs 4, 7 says, wisdom is the principal thing. I mean, how would our relationships, our jobs, and assignments from God be impacted by applying more of God's wisdom? That's right. We all need more of that. And Bill, so what is wisdom? Well, the Vines Expository Dictionary states that wisdom is insight into the true nature of things, the ability to discern modes of action with a view to their results. In other words, it is the skill to use knowledge and understanding properly. And in other words, it is the ability to see truth and the big picture, to know what to do and to know what will be the outcome of a matter. You know, that reminds me of a story. A friend of mine, her name was Esther, and uh, she was a real estate broker. She worked for a company, but she was on a salary, not a commission. And she was the highest paid person in the company. Well, back in, I think it was 95, about there, is when the real estate market came to a screeching halt and everything was really, really slowed up and people were getting laid off their jobs left and right. And so she saw that and she realized our company cannot afford to pay me this salary. So she went to the boss and she said, listen, you really can't afford to pay me this. You need to cut my salary in half. And they were shocked. Who does that? Right. They were shocked. Like, okay, who's going to cut their salary in half, but see, if she, if she didn't do that, they would have eventually laid her off altogether, and she'd be without a job, so half was better than nothing, and she was too old at this point to even go find another job. Yeah, and she was single, if I remember as well. Right. You know, but Proverbs twenty-seven twelve says, a prudent man foresees evil and hides himself, but the simple pass on and are punished. Now, the evil was that she was going to get laid off and not have a job. So she foresaw that and did something wise and kept her job and still had at least half her income. Yes, and then I'm sure when things changed, you know, they remembered that. They did. Actually, they gave her even more money after things turned around. See, so they were really impressed with her and thought, we can trust this lady. Yeah, that's wisdom, you know. You know, and the Bible states that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. In Proverbs 9.10 and without the fear of the, of the Lord, we don't even have the beginning of wisdom. That's right. We must possess some knowledge, but knowledge without wisdom only puffs up, like 1 Corinthians 8, 1 says. And according to God, you can't even have the beginning of wisdom unless you are one who fears him. And fearing the Lord is only the beginning. I mean, just think, people, Bill, think about this. I mean, people would avoid going to hell by operating in godly wisdom. That's right. They'd make the right choices for their life and stay on his path. Right, but they refuse instruction. You know, just listen to Proverbs chapter 2. 
It says, My son, if you receive my words and treasure my commands within you so that you incline your ear to wisdom and apply your heart to understanding, yes, if you cry out for discernment and lift up your voice for understanding, if you seek for her as silver and search for her as for hidden treasures, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. Then it goes on and says, When wisdom enters your heart and knowledge is pleasant to your soul, uh, discretion will preserve you, understanding will keep you, to deliver you from the way of evil. Did you catch that? Wisdom will remove you from evil. You know, there is evil all around us, and many are overtaken by it in some fashion. Now, as Christians, we can be delivered from it as long as we understand and live by the fear of the Lord. But notice what else the verse in Proverbs 2 states. You know, it says, search for her as for hidden treasures, then you will understand the fear of the Lord. Well, we won't be able to find wisdom unless we value the word of God as much as we would a hidden treasure. Now, if I were to give you a treasure map that leads to $100 million, you would be very diligent to follow and search out the clues. Well, we need to search God's word just as diligently in order to discover the treasure, which is the fear of the Lord, and the fear of the Lord brings wisdom. That really is the key, isn't it, Bill? Right. You know, but you might ask, well, why do we see bright and educated people out there making foolish decisions? Um, Proverbs 24, 7 states, wisdom is too high for a fool. But then the Bible continues in Proverbs or in Psalms to de- um, define, well, who is a fool? Psalms 14, 1 says, the fool has said in his heart, there is no God. So if you don't know God, you're not only a fool, but you cannot attain even the beginning of wisdom. That's right. Right? And and you don't even realize that. You might have some knowledge about a subject, but you don't have wisdom. And here are some verses, Bill. Do you want to read a couple here um, that instruct us in how to attain wisdom? Right. Uh, Proverbs 11.2 says, When pride comes, then comes shame. But with the lowly is wisdom, or with the humble is wisdom. So we see that humility is an attribute that brings wisdom. Now, according to the Bible, a person of humility prays, they seek God, they fast, uh, they don't seek out recognition or try to promote themselves in any way. And this is in Psalms 35, 13, Romans 12, 3, Luke 14, uh, 8 through 10, and many other places. But, you know, that reminds me of a story uh, that Jesus tells in Luke 14, 8 through 10. And it states, When you are invited by anyone to a wedding feast, do not sit down in the best place. Least one more honorable than you be invited by him, and he who invited you and him come and say to you, Give place to this man, and then you will begin with shame to take the lowest place. But when you are invited, go and sit down in the lowest place so that when he who invites you comes, he may say to you, friend, go up higher. Then you will have glory in the presence of those who sit at the table with you. You know, in Proverbs fifteen thirty three states, before honor is humility. So, so that's, don't, what, that's so, what Jesus was saying, you know. Yeah, so don't be presumptuous and just sit, sit in the best place thinking you deserve it. Right, but that's how the world operates. 
But as Christians, we are to take the lowest seat all the time. God will promote us. So true. You know, I remember when we were dating and going to church even, and there were some people that kind of because of their, I don't know if you want to say, position in the church, they thought they should always sit in the front. And you purposely always sat in the back, even though you were like really good friends with the pastor and he always wanted you up front. You purposely didn't want to, you know, like in a sense, rub the the other people who wanted to sit up front the wrong way. So you would sit in the back. Right. A lot of the leaders wanted to sit next to the pastor, you know? Yeah. And so, and, and pastor would say, you know, Bill, come sit next to me. And I just thought, no, no, they're going to be jealous of that. And I don't want to give anybody any reason to look at me like I'm something special. I wasn't. Yeah. So I sat in the back. But I know you have to discern two people. You know, some people are more immature, even if they're leaders in a leadership position, and they just have an immaturity in that area. So you had to discern that ahead of time and go, okay, this is ridiculous. It's not worth you know, buying over a seat, who cares? And you know? I, I would go sit with this elderly man that no one sat with. They kind of ignored him and I felt bad for him. So I always sat with him and visited and talked with him. So Yeah, it's, it's interesting though, how the Lord sees everything, you know? Right. And then, you know, in another bill, another an important characteristic of humility is passion or zeal, which I don't know if we always relate those two, but how, do, how does that reflect with humility? Well, being zealous towards God shows we are placing him first in our lives as zeal means you are consumed with his purposes and his, his heart. Right. And cause David said in Psalms 119, he said, my, my zeal hath consumed me. So placing him first means you yourself must not be and that can only be possible through humility. That's right. And Acts 20:19 says serving the Lord with all humility of mind and with many tears. Paul said he was zealous towards God, Acts 22:3. And Paul said we should be zealous of good works in Titus 2:14. And Jesus said in Revelation in Revelation 3:19, be zealous therefore and repent. And we know repentance takes humility. That's right. And the Bible mentions God's zeal for his people. God has that zeal. Isaiah 37, 32, and in Numbers also 25, 11 through 13, in mentioning Phineas, it states, he was zealous for my sake among Israel. He was zealous for his God. That's right. So having zeal for God, for God pleases him. And anyone who pleased the Lord throughout the Bible had humility. So we need to be passionate about the things of God and shed our mediocrity. That's right? right. That's right. You know, another behavior of a person with wisdom is in this next verse. Proverbs eight twelve says, I wisdom dwell with prudence and find out knowledge of witty inventions. Well, what does prudence mean? The vine says quickness of apprehension, the penetrating consideration, which precedes action. So a person with prudence is one who strongly considers a matter before acting. You know, so that's, that's really important. Yeah, that is important. You know, and, and and so so we're looking at, of course, the key for wisdom, Bill, so far we've said is the fear of the Lord, right? Right. Humility, zeal to put God first in his things, right? Right. And then prudence. you just mentioned prudence. And then another verse um, in achieving wisdom is Colossians 3.16. It says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom. 
So as we can see from that verse alone, if his word dwells in us and in our heart, we will gain wisdom. That's right. So these are things to point out. So uh, that's really good. You know, David said in Psalms 119, 98, 99, he said, uh, though through thy commandments, or thou through thy commandments has made me wiser than my enemies. I have more understanding than all my teachers for thy testimonies are my meditation. Wow, that's really good. So why was David wiser? It was because of his meditating in God's word and obeying it. Oh, that's a good example. Yeah, we know David for sure. And then also, Bill, you know, Joseph showed great wisdom in the Bible, in the book of Genesis. That's right. You know, uh, Joseph tells Pharaoh that there will be, he interpreted his dream, and then he told them there will be seven years of abundance and seven years of intense famine. And he then goes on to advise Pharaoh to select an overseer to reserve one-fifth of the produce of the land, right? And put that aside during the really good or plentiful years so that they'll have a reserve during the famine. Right. So that's wisdom operating. And of course, uh, we know Pharaoh selects Joseph to be this overseer. And we see that in Genesis 41, 39 and 40. Um, it says, since God has shown you all this, there is none so discerning and wise as you are. You shall be over my house and all my people shall order themselves as you command. Only in regards to the throne shall I be greater than you. And that was Pharaoh speaking to to Joseph. So he became second in command. So that obedience to God, you know, brought him promotion to the highest, right. you know, almost the highest man in the land. So God gave him understanding of the dreams that he uh, that the Pharaoh had, um, but then Joseph acted in wisdom in a plan and a strategy to save, you know, uh, to save up the food and yes. so forth for those seven years. And then that fed his family and all of Israel and and all of people in Egypt, right? That's Co- right. Co- you know, coming to him, right. You know, Proverbs 3, 13 through 16 states, Happy is the man that finds wisdom and the man that gets understanding. Length of days is in her right hand, and in her left hand, riches and honor. Well, who doesn't want long life and riches? You know, so wisdom will bring many good things in our lives. So, Bill, in just practicality, so it sounds to me, just in reading the scriptures we have so far, that to apply wisdom in a practical way in our lives, we've got to have a base of knowledge. Like, even if it's a particular area, say, you know, you worked a career in real estate, you had to learn that field. You had to learn everything about the neighborhood that you were, you know, selling homes in. You had to be diligent to stay on top of the market and know what was happening and what was selling and what was not and so forth and why. Right. Right. So there's a base of knowledge we have to glean in whatever field we're in or assignment God has for us. We need to gain some knowledge and some understanding. So then we'll, we'll be able to apply that properly as you, that was part of the definition of wisdom earlier, right? Right. Exactly. So it's being diligent then to apply ourselves in learning and and growing that way. You know, it's like a builder might have knowledge how to build a home. He's got the knowledge, mm-hmm. but you need a blueprint. Okay, that's the overseeing of the whole picture of how to actually construct the property. Without the blueprint, the knowledge is useless. Yeah, exactly. That's so true. So it's like the the wisdom is the blueprint. Yeah, that's a good good example. 
You know, and an example of wisdom would be in knowing when, what, and how to answer a matter. You know, if what you say is delivered with a caring attitude instead of a haughty, corrective attitude, it will be much more readily accepted. That's right. And also the timing of when something is said is crucial. You know, Proverbs 25, 11 says, a word fitly spoken is like apples of gold in pictures of silver. And Proverbs 29, 11 says, a fool uttereth all his mind, but a wise man keeps it in until afterwards. And lastly, Ecclesiastes 8, 5 says, a wise man's heart discerns both time and judgment. That's right. And isn't that true, Bill? In dealing with people, we need a lot of wisdom right. <laughs> in relationships. You know, and like that verse you just said, Proverbs 20 and 11, a fool utters all his mind, but a wise man keeps it until afterwards. You know, a lot of times people just want to uh, speak right away and say they don't even hear the whole matter. So it's wise to sit and hear both sides clearly. Listen before you speak and then respond, you know. Correct, instead of just reacting. Right. So anyway, you know, in Daniel chapter 1, Daniel and his three friends were told to eat the king's food in order to fatten themselves up before their appearance with the king. You know, since they had been in prison, they would, of course, uh, not have been eating too well. Now, the prince of the eunuchs was required to be sure they were, in fact, fattened up or he would lose his head, as verse um, 10 says. However, Daniel didn't want to defile himself with the king's food and purpose himself not to eat it. You know, some of the foods eaten by the king would have been forbidden to a Jew. Well, Daniel didn't want to eat those foods, so he decided to ask if he could eat only vegetables and drink water. And he had to ask with wisdom, as the man would normally say, this is not even a possibility, right? Right. And Daniel said to the prince, Prove thy servants, I beseech thee, ten days, and let them give us pulse or vegetables to eat and water to drink. So he's like, I beseech thee, I, you know, right. I'm begging you, you know. That's like the second point we're going to get to. Right? That. He's That's humbling right. himself there. Right. And so, yeah. So two points. Yeah, two, yeah, you're right, Bill. Go ahead. You make those two points. Well, two points um, we want to make. First of all, he asked for only ten days, a uh, ten-day trial run which would still leave enough time for the king's food to be given uh, if Daniel's way of eating only vegetables didn't work. Now, this would have been in the mind of the prince since he didn't want to lose his head. Daniel showed consideration of him by asking for only 10 days. The prince had three years to fatten them up. That's verse 5. So Daniel also had to have been in favor with uh, his position uh, of the prince of the eunuchs to even ask in the first place, he had to act, have some kind of favor. So, but you know, he had that favor uh, because he was of an excellent spirit. Daniel five twelve and uh, so forth uh, points out that he had an excellent spirit. So he they favored him. You know, so he was able to even ask for that situation. But the second thing to notice in Daniel's asking is that he said, "I beseech thee." Now, beseech means please or I beg you. So the attitude was not uh, insistent in any way, but instead humble. You know, all through the Bible, the word beseech is used by those with a humble attitude. Daniel asked the Lord and said, I beseech thee, O Lord. And that's in Daniel 9, 16. So again, the being humble, showing a humble attitude and asking. 
You know, Paul said in 2 Corinthians 10, 1, Now I, Paul, myself beseech you by the meekness and gentleness of Christ, who in presence am, uh, am based among you. So Daniel asked with wisdom, and he was granted his request. So consideration of others is showing wisdom. That's good. You know, Proverbs twelve fourteen states, A man shall be satisfied with good by the fruit of his mouth. And also Proverbs 15, 1 and 2 says, A soft answer turns away wrath, but grievous words stir up anger. The tongue of the wise uses knowledge of right. And so our words and how we say things are so important. That's right. Proverbs 19, 22 also says, Kindness makes a man attractive. So we can see, Bill, by these verses, how we ask our attitude and speaking softly and gently will help us ex- achieve success with others. That's right. Attitudes. You know, a great example of wisdom is how Jesus answers the chief priests in their scheme to trap him. In Matthew 21, verses 23 through 27, the chief priests and elders said to Jesus, By what authority are you doing these things? And who gave you this authority? But Jesus answered and said to them, I also will ask you one thing, which if you tell me, I likewise will tell you by what authority I do these things. The baptism of John, where was it from? From heaven or from men? And they reasoned among themselves saying, if we say from heaven, he will say to us, why then did you not believe him? But if we say from men, We fear the multitude, for all count John as a prophet. So they answered Jesus and said, We do not know. And he said to them, Neither will I tell you by what authority I do these things. So so he had to construct the question, answer their question with a question, and construct it in a way that he knew. It would trap them. It would trap them. They couldn't answer. Instead of them trapping him. (laughs) Right. I know. And he just didn't want to tell them right then. He just didn't want to say. And of course, Jesus was the wisest of all and is. Of right? course. And, um, you know, these religious leaders tried to trap him, tr- Jesus. And I love how, though, uh, he in turn stopped their mouths. You know, again, the wisdom of God is astounding. There are many more stories throughout the Bible that reveal wisdom on how, when, and in what attitude to say a thing. That's right. You know, one more quick personal story I will share. Um, you know, I had sold a home and there was a second trustee of 100000 showing on the title report. Now, the people had paid off that 100000 15 years earlier. There was no second trustee on it, but it showed on the preliminary title report. So the title company did not want to insure the title. So we went to another title company. We ended up going to seven title companies. None of them would insure it. They said, you got to show proof that you paid off this loan. Well, it's 15 years ago. They threw away the records. They didn't have any records. So we thought, what do we do? We're in escrow, and we got to get this home sold. You need wisdom. <laughs> right. So I prayed, and I just felt like the Lord said, number one, do a credit report. So I said, let's run your credit. So we ran their credit. I figured if it was a loan on there, it would still show up, or if it was an old loan, it might still show, and it would show paid. Well, it did show up, and it showed paid, December of whatever that year was, 15 years earlier, paid in full. So that was one form of proof, but that wasn't enough. So I said, can you guys search for any uh, checks that you would have, you know, made your payments with back then? 
So they searched, searched everywhere, pulled out their boxes out of the attic and so forth. Anyway, they ended up finding one check that they had kept that said paid in full, and it was marked the same month as the credit report showed that it was paid off, December. So with that canceled check showing paid in full and the credit report, the title company said, all right, we'll insure the title. We're going to insure around that incident. So in other words, they weren't going to insure that incident if somebody ever showed up that, that said you owe 100000 they weren't going to cover that, but they'll still insure it so we can continue with the escrow and close. So anyway, that was the wisdom of God to do those two things to get that to close. Absolutely. You know, but God gave that to me. I didn't, you know. Yeah, he did. it. Well, you prayed and you asked. That's right. That's right. You know, as uh, this is just a quote from Pastor Phil Pringle. He said, wisdom means I do not think I am wise. She is ever my quest. I think that's really good. I love that. You know, may we learn from the word of God, seek diligently for his wisdom, and enjoy a rich and exciting life. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please be sure to leave us a rating or comment. We value your feedback. Stay in touch and learn more about this ministry by visiting us at soulchoiceministries.org.